And what's interesting is when we are honest and vulnerable, that is often reciprocated. You know, before we, we try and have any influence, we must have trust. Isn't that true? Trust is the currency of any relationship. It's, it's relational currency. So sometimes what can happen is we can do a lot of harm by doing things without any trust. Hey, welcome to the In Doubt Podcast. I'm Isaac, your host. We're on episode 48, which is exciting for us because that's two away from the big 50. We'll be we'll be hitting that mark on Boxing Day, uh, which is December 26th. And if you live in a country in which Boxing Day isn't a thing, which is many countries, uh, then you're better off not knowing what it is. It's kind of stupid and a little silly. Uh, we have a great podcast for you this week as we finish our three-week series on sexual identity. In late October of this year, if you didn't know, we packed out a theater in uh, the Vancouver area in BC, Canada, and held our first live event, which was kind of like a Christian TEDx talk event. Lots of fun. Lots of people came out. We had a conversation on sexual identity. Anyways, we've recorded it all, and since not everyone was able to fit into a theater, we decided to make it a podcast series so all of Canada and the whole world could listen in. So two weeks ago, we heard Dr. John Newfeld give a straightforward sort of understanding on what the Bible says about our sexuality, just straight up. Uh, last week, we heard Steve Kim from Apologetics Canada talk about the cultural phrases heard around sexual identity, things like, you know, tolerance, love is love, I was born this way, or I feel like a man trapped in a woman's body, etc. Uh, great presentations, and I encourage you to give those a listen. This week, however, we finish with Pastor Dave Johnson from Ethos Young Adults give a, a great presentation on the more pastoral and relational approach to this issue and topic of sexual identity. He actually gives three great reminders to Christians, and this benefits non-Christians as well if you're listening and you're not a believer, um, in regards to how to respond and engage the LGBT community uh, without compromising on the truth from the word. Really quickly, before we hear from Dave, I, I wanted to say that we are, we obviously we're well into winter as you can feel outside probably. And that means that, uh, you know, the year is coming to an end. And if you didn't know, uh, the Ministry of In Doubt is sustained and operated and it grows through the financial gifts of people across this country. So many uh, have given to this ministry and it's a blessing to receive those donations. Now I get that the Christmas season is and can be really tough for people, especially financially. But hey, if you even have like 10 to 20 bucks, you would want to donate. We We'd really appreciate it. Um, and if that piques your interest at all, head to backtothebible.ca, click the donate button at the top bar, and then make sure before you put your amount in, uh, click the button that says, I listen to the Indout podcast. That would be awesome. Anyways, let's continue on as we hear Pastor Dave Johnson. I'll begin by saying this. All of us have been influenced by, by individuals, by people in our lives whether good or, or bad. And, but in my life, at least for good, I was very, very influenced by, by my sister, my older sister, Christine. She was six years older than me. Uh, she taught me a lot about life, uh, the, the important thing. She taught me the, the margarita, or should I say, sorry, not the mar- margarita, should I say, the, mar- the, the margarita. Wait, am I getting, I'm getting it wrong here. The, you know the dance? Thank you, the macarena, it's in my notes. I'm from Iceland, guys. Give me an ESL card here, okay? ESL. Yes, I am from Iceland. So, you know what else she taught me? Is um, she taught me, she cut my hair when I was younger, okay? She taught me fashion, okay? I had the sickest bowl cut when I was younger, okay? My, all the kids were like, Dave always has the nicest bowl cut. Uh, my sister taught me a lot in life. One of the things, in all seriousness, she taught me was she taught me what it meant to be strong during hard times. It was September 13th, 1995, 
my house was always a peaceful house. Not much yelling in my house. But I remember waking up one day to yelling in my kitchen. And my parents uh, and my sister were in this fight, and I overheard the news. My, my sister had, um, had gotten pregnant, age of 15. And not only that, but the guy who, her boyfriend, who had impregnated her, wanted her to have an abortion. And uh, because he was, he was a sports guy. He, he had passions for handball. Handball, people. Like, what's, what is handball? Like, it's like, hey, we're playing soccer. Like, why don't we throw it? You know what I mean? Like, and, and believe it or not, like, he, had, he was passionate about handball. So much so that he's like, I'm not having this child. Like, I love handball. I'm going to the Olympics. I mean, this is sad, right? And he made it to the Olympics. And he got a silver. But it's not even a gold, bro. Like, come on, it's just silver. Loser. No, I'm just I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking, right? I, I share this because my sister kept the baby. August 21st of uh, 1996. I remember holding Elizabeth. She's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful girl. She's 20 now. And yet no relationship with her father. My older sister, she, she had two other kids with, with another man. And I remember hearing the sad news, this is now 10 years later, of hearing um, the relationship just didn't work out. And they were uh, getting a divorce and it was... Pretty nasty. I remember having a conversation with my sister, and you know, life hadn't turned out the way that she expected. And she was, she was feeling pretty down, but yet at the same time, my sister had this ability to just be so strong in tough times. She taught me that. In 2014 uh, came probably the most surprising news of all. And uh, I guess my sister had, had been real lonely, and, and I found out in 2014 that my sister had. Uh, I started a relationship with a coworker, um, but it was a woman. And, uh, and as, a, as a Christian and as a pastor, I was overwhelmed with um, just confusion on how to respond to my sister. Because I love her. She's my sister. And I think this is where the tension is, isn't it, folks? Because we all have friends, maybe family, who identify themselves as as gay or homosexual or maybe transgender or whatever. And we, we love them. But yet we, for, for those who are Christians in the room, we believe in, in Scripture. And we read passages that were read that just sort of cut to the heart. And we, we go, man, like, what, what do I do here? There's a tension here. And so to, I would just, in the next few minutes, briefly like to describe how I've been responding to my sister. This is not necessarily prescriptive but rather descriptive of, of how, at least as a pastor, how do I at least go about loving those who identify differently? 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 tells us that we are to stand up for truth, stand up for truth with all gentleness, with all gentleness. So how do you, with all gentleness, stand up for truth in gentleness and compassion? Truth and compassion. That's, that's the tension right there. How do you stand up for truth and yet show compassion? May I suggest three principles? And I'd like to unpack these in the next few minutes. These three principles are, are as follows. One, we ought to treat homosexuals as we would anyone else. Two, don't make the gospel more difficult than it is already. And three, Let's aim to make a long-term difference, not a short-term 
statement. Okay, so, so first one, okay? Treat them like you would anyone else. Now, this would just, this makes sense, right? It's like everyone's like, kind of like, yeah, like, of course. But why is it that if we, if we honestly look at maybe your local church or at your life, Christians, not maybe always, but often when they find out someone's maybe come out or, or maybe a friend brings a, a, maybe a homosexual to church, all of a sudden we, we begin to, to be a bit awkward. We, we begin to talk a little bit differently. Our, the way that we sort of, I guess, hold ourselves is sort of different. We're maybe not as welcoming. We're maybe not as loving. And this is, this is serious. We ought to treat them as we would anyone else with dignity with love and with welcoming hands. So may I suggest to you to, to, to make friends with people who may identify themselves as homosexuals. To, to play tennis with them. To hang out with them. To get to know their friends and their family. Be vulnerable with them, as you would with anyone else. And what's interesting is when we, sh- when we are honest and vulnerable, that is often reciprocated. You know, before we, we try and have any influence, we must have trust. Isn't that true? Trust is the currency of any relationship. It's, it's relational currency. So sometimes what can happen is we can do a lot of harm by doing things without any trust. So make friends with them. And invite them to church, as you would anyone else. And as, you know, when we talk about the church... Don't expect them to try and be somebody else than they are within the church. What's interesting, that I, what I see in Jesus and his ministry is that Jesus never made anyone believe before he allowed them to belong. Right? Jesus did not say to his guys, all right, here, guys, if you want to belong to my crew, uh, here's a little questionnaire. All right. If you guys get this correct, you're in. We don't see that. We see Jesus allowing a tax collector and a zealot, two politically vastly different people, belong in his community. It was an odd community. Yes, it was. But Jesus allowed people to belong before they believed. And as as churches, as Christian communities, this is powerful because, you know, in, in many ways, the way that our social construct is, is that People gather in terms of belief. And yes, we must preach the gospel. Yes, we must boast the name of Jesus. But that is not a prerequisite to belonging to a community of believers. So treat them as you would anyone else. Secondly, don't put any more barriers to the gospel than it already is. Like The gospel is already offensive. If you think about the message that we carry, it's beautiful. It is so beautiful, but it begins very offensively. You are a sinner, stuck in your sin. Nothing you could do could ever get you any closer to God than the distance that you are right now. It's a pretty offensive message. It's not like, woo, I love this. No, but it does take a beautiful corner, doesn't it? Where we hear about the grace of Jesus, the Son of God. That God so loved the world. He didn't just kind of love the world. It's kind of like, "Ah, I like you guys. No, he so loved the world. So what can be difficult at times 
is sometimes what we can do is we can actually put barriers before the gospel. And one of those barriers, just for time's sake, if I can speak to this, is identifying homosexuality as kind of the worst sin. That's a barrier, right? We're like, hey, okay, let's, let's make a list here, okay? Murder, that's the worst, okay? That's the worst. Then you got like adultery and kind of homosexuality. And then there's like, you know, deep betrayal, lying, you know, swearing's kind of like down here, you know? And if it's on a Monday morning, it's, it's a little further down, you know? <laughs> we kind of have this like kind of, like kind of list, right? But this is, this is really harmful. It is. Because if, if homosexuality is the worst type of sin, then they must be the worst type of person. So harmful. We're literally building walls. Here's the gospel. Here are people who God loves, and we're just building walls. So we can't do this, church, right? We, we can't do that. I mean, as John, uh, Dr. John just mentioned, I mean, homosexuality is, is named in a list of of lying, of gossip, okay? and, and gossip in the church, I mean, sometimes it's rampant. Like, I've got a prayer request about, you know, Bill over here, you know? And then we just gossip about him. And they're like, let's pray. And it's like a 30-second prayer, right? Paul says homosexuality is at the same level. And so, second point is, let's not build walls between the gospel and, and the people that God loves. And lastly, let us aim to make a long-term difference not a short-term statement. Uh, Stephen mentioned this. Sometimes statements like, God hates the sin but loves the sinner actually creates more confusion than it does clarity. Trust is relational currency. And so my aim with those friends who, who do attend my church who right now you know, are uh, still in sexual sin, according to the Bible, both heterosexual young adults and homosexual young adults. My aim with them is not to make quick short-term statements, but rather a long-term difference, which requires investment, doesn't it? Which requires time, which requires grace. But that's what we see in our Lord Jesus. That's how he changes hearts through investment. Our goal as a church is not to make homosexuals heterosexual. That's not our number one goal. In the same way that if a drunkard comes into our church, our number one goal is to not get him sober. Behavior modification doesn't work. Our goal is to point them to Jesus. This is, this is our Lord. This is Jesus. Look to him. That's our goal. Holiness is our goal is to, to seek Jesus and go, this is who he is. This, he is so precious that, that I'm going to read my scripture and I'm going to trust him where he says, this doesn't lead to life. Jesus leads to life. And so when it comes to my sister, and so this is like, this is close to my heart. I treat my sister in the same way as I, as, as I did before I found out that she's gay. I, I just love her, you know, still tease her. And, uh, and she still lives in Iceland, and, and uh, she's coming to stay with me next summer. I'm just so excited about that because I get to spend time with my sister because I love her. So let's, let's treat them as, as human beings, and let's aim to invest. And that is to, to make a long-term difference and not short-term statements. And lastly, let's not up, put up barriers in front of the gospel, for I believe God mourns when we do that. That's all. Maybe I can do it. So tell a joke. <laughs> I don't know. 
Isaac, why don't you join us on stage? Let me, let me pray, actually. God, we are so thankful um, for your Holy Spirit. We're thankful for your word. And we are thankful for, for the culture of Vancouver, the lower mainland. We, just, we are so blessed to live here. And Father, we want to pray for our city in the same way that Jeremiah called uh, the Israelites to pray for Babylon. Uh, Father, we want to pray for the, 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 the growth of our city, the blessing of our city. And Lord, we want to be effective Christians. We want to represent you well, Lord Jesus. And so, Father God, would you help us do this? Would, would this time together as, as we gather together here and online and, and on different platforms, Lord, I, I do pray that your Holy Spirit would use this time to encourage us, to lead us. And I pray even in this next, next week or, or, or month, Lord, would you align divine interventions where we are able to just speak life and truth and the gospel into the lives of those that, that need it, Lord. So, Father, would you continue to bless tonight in your name? And everybody said, Amen. If you want to hear more from Dave Johnson, he's actually been on the podcast with me for a few different episodes, uh, episode 11, 12, and 21. Uh, he talked about God's will for two episodes. Great, uh, great series there. And then also sin as well in our gospel series. So again, that's episode 11, 12, and 21. You can find those by heading to indo.ca, clicking the episodes archive button, and scroll down to find those. Anyways, that wraps up the Indo podcast this week. If you want to engage more with our material or listen to more podcasts, head to indo.ca. You can also hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are daily on those uh, accounts. Or if you're old school, email us at info at We'll get right back to you with whatever you need or whatever you want to say. Well, I'm Isaac, and next week I'm pleased to have popular apologist Sean McDowell talk with me about the historical Jesus. podcast is a part of Back to the Bible Canada's Young Adult Ministry in Doubt. All of Back to the Bible Canada's ministry programs and resources are created for the purpose of leading people forward in their walk with Jesus every day. For more information on all things Back to the Bible Canada, visit backtothebible.ca.